just trying to make it not a transaction per se, but make it more about developing and deepening that relationship. And I think by being more authentic, it allows you to do that. This is Outside Sales Talk, the best podcast for outside salespeople. I'm your host, Steve Benson, and we're here to chat with the world's top sales experts so that you can get their best sales tactics to level up your game. Welcome back to Outside Sales Talk. Today, we're going to talk about how to get paid to be real, being authentic in sales. We've got Darren Ranke with us. Welcome to the show, Darren. Great to be here. By way of introduction, Darren is the founder and managing director of Group 60, which is an executive training and coaching company. Additionally, Darren was the author of a popular book and podcast that are both called The Savage Leader. Um, Darren, just to jump into the questions, being authentic means different things to different people, but you wrote a book about it. What, what does it mean to you? Yeah, great question. I think the first thing when I think about authenticity, and by the way, the book is, was broad in terms of how to become a better leader from the inside out. Authenticity is one of the absolute core principles. It's actually the second one in the book. And to me, it's about not being the person you think you have to be, not being the business card, not being the where you went to school, where you worked. It's really being who is your best self, you know, what are your values, what are your strengths, and really leaning into those things. And for me, for the longest time, I worked for Accenture right out of undergrad. I went to did my MBA at UC Berkeley. And for me, for the longest time, I thought I had to be the Accenture Berkeley Haas MBA Darren versus like, you know, the Darren that's a little bit more authentic to the core, uh, you know, humble, a little bit more casual in style and not always that quote unquote smart Darren, but actually that's really was a big thing for me. And, and at the part of writing the book allowed me to be more authentic. But to me, that's what authenticity is. And can a salesperson have different versions of themselves and, and at the same time still remain authentic to their customers and themselves? I think it's actually, I don't think you want to be different versions of yourself. I think you can reveal different layers, right? So obviously you're going to be a little bit different in front of a customer or in your, with your colleagues, frankly, or with clients, because you're not going to maybe be as vulnerable as you would be with people in your personal life and so forth. But I think you really want to be aligned with what your core values are, whether they're um, either around growth, whether they're around having impact, whether it's around even success or being significant or making a significant dent in the world. But I do believe that you don't want different versions, but I think it's almost like just peeling back different layers that you're all some slight different variation of yourself, but more it's around vulnerability and whether you're um, divulging more things about yourself or not. Yeah. And, and what, how do you think this affects the customer relationship? What value do customers see and, or, or how do they get more value out of the relationship when a, a person is able to be an authentic salesperson? I mean, I think at the end of the day, we're all selling something, whether it's a product or service and whether it's truly differentiated or not. I mean, the fact of the matter is people buy from people that they like and that they connect with and they feel are authentic. You know, just think about the, the salesperson who repeats your name, you know, 50 times within a 15 minute conversation, Darren, 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 just hit that drum beat. And I guess that must've been in some sales manual, some, some book at some point, but it allows them to see you more for who you are and to connect with you as a person, which is going to really open them up to being a more successful buyer of your product or service or whatever that may be, especially if you're going to have an ongoing relationship with someone, you have future products, future releases, especially from a services perspective as well. 
if you show them you connect in a very authentic way, it's going to go a long way towards building a deep and meaningful and hopefully long lasting relationship. And do you think having that, uh, that, that authenticity helps a salesperson connect more deeply with their customers? I think so, 100%. Because now you're connecting about something that, that really matters and is meaningful. And I think just trying to make it not a transaction per se, but make it more about developing and deepening that relationship. And I think by being more authentic, it allows you to do that. And what else is important uh, that you've that you've thought about or talked about in your book besides authenticity? What are what are some other top traits that you think salespeople should have? I think just a couple of things which are really foundational to communication. So what I talked about was connecting with your tribe, and I talk a lot about the communication mindsets, which are honestly there are mindsets that will help you connect, whether it's communicating or with with clients or with customers. And it starts with just having some sense of humility, right? So you don't have the answer to every problem, which is going to allow you to connect and engage with people. I think it's also having a natural sense of curiosity. So people talk a lot about curiosity in the innovation world, you know, having curious curiosity, curiosity conversations. In fact, there's been several remarkable books around that, but just being curious in terms of how you can connect with folks, but also having empathy. You know, we all have walked through different experiences, especially recently, the last two years. But we grow up in different circumstances. We have different career paths, career arcs, different struggles and challenges and things that excite us. So I think just having that sense of empathy is also one of those communication mindsets. And then the last one of the four is around being present. That's almost like a skill set in a way, but because of, given that it's more of an inactive state is being present for whoever you're with. In the case of a customer, you're not checking your phone, you're not checking your Outlook calendar to see who the next more important customer is. Um, in your day to day. And I can tell you a, a horrible example of not being present or probably saying something you shouldn't have. I was working with a, a service provider, I'll, I won't say the industry. And they said, Hey, Darren, I got to go. I'm meeting with my most important customer. It's like, ooh, probably something you don't want to say with something. I mean, I guess he was being uh, transparent and candid, but I, I knew where, he, where I stood on his totem pole or pecking order. He definitely wasn't very high. So those are a couple of things. So the communication mindset. So humility, curiosity, empathy, and being present. Cause those are really foundational to connect with people in a more deep and meaningful way. So that's, that's another one. And what is it about curiosity that you think helps salespeople be more successful? Well, I think if you're going to look at uncovering needs, right, unless you're just selling a widget, you know, it's like you literally have a one size fits all solution product or service. It's off the shelf, not customizable in any way, shape or form. Just being curious allows you to have more of that consultative conversation. So you're less talking at them. You're having more of a collaborative dialogue. That's where curiosity can really help. It just, it just shows you actually care about them too. You're not just speaking from, from your sales deck, from your sales sheets, from your talking points that marketing scripted for you, but you're actually doing so in a more meaningful way. And, and how do you grow these characteristics so humility curiosity empathy being present these are these are personality characteristics and, and I, I think they are skills that you can that you can develop how would you recommend curiosity for example how can how can a sales rep become a more curious person that in a way that will help them in their in their sales career yeah I think just it's it's things that 
first requires intention, right? You have to, first you have to understand the why, like why is curiosity gonna be helpful? Cause I don't think people are gonna necessarily, especially trying new behaviors on, is they're not gonna do it unless they have some sort of why. And they have to set that intention to actually go about trying that on. Also I think it requires inflection or reflection. So like understanding, okay, how could curiosity really be beneficial? Am I curious or am I not curious? Or how could I be more curious in specific situations? Maybe you are when you're having certain types of conversations, but when you're in front of customers, you feel like you have to be impactful. You have to drive the conversations. So I imagine you're probably going to be a lot less curious, but then coming up with something really tactical, which is how you put it into action, which is before an upcoming meeting, and maybe don't even try it with a customer. If you're going to try it with a customer or client, maybe try one that's a little bit less important, or maybe one that you have a long-term, deep, meaningful relationship with. And just think about like, what's one thing I want to learn more about from this conversation? What's what's one experience that I could maybe push on a little bit that might be helpful in this conversation? So think about one thing you want to learn from a person or from an interaction or a meeting. That can start to help you start to really uh, embrace the concept of curiosity in a more meaningful way. It's really, it, this is really cool to get your take on how to, how to develop these muscles. The, how, what do you think about the empathy muscle? How, how can a sales rep develop? How can they become a more empathetic person? Which I, which I think is something that not only do salespeople would, would they benefit, but in general, almost everyone would benefit from learning to flex their empathy muscle a little harder in their personal lives and just with their friendships and, and everything else, really relationships. Yeah. All of these things, empathy, curiosity, humility, those are hard. And yeah, some of us are just hardwired to do it easier and more effectively than others. But I do I tend to be very optimistic the way I see the world. I think everyone can change. Maybe some people are just a little bit. Some people can really make wholesale changes in their life if they have that intention and if they reflect, but they're also willing to put in the work because frankly, it is work. And if you fail the first time out of the gate, like, wow, I was trying to be curious. I was trying to be humble. I was trying to be empathetic or whatever you're trying to do, whether you're trying to communicate with greater vision, people fail. They tend to just Okay, I'm not going to do that again. Like who wants to fail? Who wants to be uh, you know, unsuccessful in a specific situation? But as part of that, it's really important to acknowledge yourself, not just from the, from the outcome that you gain, but from the, just from the fact that you actually did something different, acknowledge yourself for doing things different. That can be really helpful. But in terms of your empathy question, it's just about trying to put yourself in their shoes. What might they be experiencing right now? What, what might be they have gone through? How might they be receiving the words that I'm using, the way I'm communicating, what I'm trying to offer them, just trying to put yourself in their shoes, which is way easier said than done, I think is really helpful. And just, but start with, look, we all have different experiences. We all see the world very, very differently in some cases. And just, that's just kind of a, a little bit of a mindset shift for people. Like, hey, people are gonna have different experiences and try not to necessarily judge them from that. Just try to, to remove judgment from it. And just really to say, hey, look, I'm just trying to understand what their experience is. Not necessarily have to agree with them, but actually just try to understand what experience they've gone through that might be different than my own. That's really interesting. So the removal of judgment being connected to developing a deeper sense of empathy. So do you think it's judgment that stops us from really putting ourselves in other people's shoes? Do you think it's our looking at them through our lens and our and, and the way we judge them and maybe in a and that affects our way of, of really understanding who they are or what their perspective is? Yeah, I do think judgment is a real, a real challenge for us all. You know, we judge someone's opinion. You know, we look down at them because they have some, you know, this belief that doesn't necessarily align with our own. But I think um, 
also is I think, and this is gets a little bit to conflict too, but just trying to find something at the most basic level that we agree upon. You know, the simplest thing is, hey, we all want to create a, a better world for our kids. And if we don't have kids for, for the children of this world, and that's probably way out there in terms of the idealistic mindset. But just think, trying to find something that you do agree upon, and that can be a way to start to establish some of that connection, some of that empathy. That makes sense. How would you tactically go about looking for things that you agree upon or what strategies would you, would you use as a field salesperson meeting with someone you're in their office or, or their environment? How do you look for something and that you can really agree, agree upon so that then you can better understand and better see things through, the, through their perspective? I mean, at the end of the day, if you're selling to somebody, you're trying to make them more successful you know, it's got to be a win-win for it to be any kind of uh, longevity in terms of that relationship. So I think aligning behind it's, it's about that mutual success and that me having uh, closing a one-sided deal is not going to do, not going to do well, frankly, from a relationship perspective, you know, you, you put too much margin in, in a product or service. And I think that's really important is trying to align around that win-win and trying to figure out how can you make them win? It's how can you make them look like a rock star? How can you make them be successful in, in their role, in their career, in their life. And that can be a real big thing because if, if they win, I can guarantee you, you're going to win too. Fantastic. That's a great perspective. And, and, and I think that does, that, that almost brings us back to the first one that you brought up, humility. Uh, how can, how, how, how do you think salespeople can um, be, have more humility in their interactions with people? And, and also um, how, how can they actually be a more, be a person who has more humility? How, how can they, uh, and, 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 and talk about the opposite of humility too, because I think that's, that's probably pretty important. Yeah. I think it just, it really starts with just an inherent belief that everyone has something to contribute to a conversation, you know, or interaction. You know, I think about the best CEOs and they'll walk around in their factories, they'll walk around to their, in their call centers. And there's something that they can learn from each and every person Maybe the, that customer service rep that just got out of college, it's their first job, doesn't have the vision, doesn't understand maybe the, the, the big picture direction of the company. But what I can promise you is they're going to have insights. They're going to be the first person that's going to hear about competitors that are coming in. Oh, what, you know, oh, we're using this company. Oh, I never even heard of that company. It's some upstart from overseas or from they're just small and getting started. They could be hearing about pain points that you might not otherwise um, be aware of as a CEO or as a leader, or and I think just having that humility that everyone can contribute. I use that example because it's kind of like the extreme example, right? The CEO and a frontline employee, but the best CEOs really walk around and talk to people and don't just talk and keep moving, but they're actually talking and listening and trying to understand what are those things because that's that's a great example of humility and just showing up and trying to learn from the other person. What's one thing that I think that person could contribute to? It may just be an experience they've had, an experience working in a different industry, experience working with a different type of company, you know, experience working with some of your competitors, maybe, you know, they may have some insight or, or previous salespeople that have called upon them. There's something you can learn from every interaction. And I, I think that's a great way to actually start to build that muscle around humility. Uh, I, I, I was just envisioned a, uh, a big circle with arrows that you have, you, you have, cur have the curiosity to approach people with humility and humility builds empathy. In fact, yep. <laughs> it's, it's a big, it's a big positive, a uh, big positive circle. What, what, what about being present? What tips, uh, 
what tips do you have for, and I, and I think this is so important for salespeople and, and uh, especially, you know, pe- people that are, that are newer and in, in, that are younger in their sales careers, I think, I, I think struggle with presence and, and it's just, a, it's a, it's a, a very distracting world these days. You know, our phones keep buzzing in our pockets. How, how do you, how do you advise people to be more present in a sales interaction? There's just basic things, the tactical things, turn your phone off, turn your, your Apple watch or whatever the devices you have off, or even you know better yet, don't turn, turn them off, put them away in your bag. Don't even bring them into your office. Don't set your phone on the desk. You know, that's, nothing shows a lack of respect more than your phone is there being front and center. I think also, I think what more important is before a meeting is give yourself a little bit of a buffer time, especially if it might be a more of a contentious conversation where you wanna be really creative yeah, I imagine just even, you know, hosting a podcast is good to actually give a little buffer. You're not just be down in the weeds, down in some tactical conversation. Now suddenly you have to be creative and insightful. The same thing goes with a salesperson is, you know, they may be crunching numbers on their spreadsheet and suddenly they need to be really, they need to show up with that level of humility and, and so forth, that curiosity, really being that consultative sales partner. And by giving a little bit of that buffer time, it can really help you make sure that you're in the right mindset. I've coached a lot of people that, especially when they go into a negotiation, that they'll do a, even a brief meditation or a prayer, depending on what, what fits for them, or just even like a deep breath. Like someone just like, just one deep breath, just to shift from where you were to where you're going, because especially when you're shifting gears altogether, you just may come in hot, so to speak, from whatever that environment you were in before to where you need to show up and deliver when it matters, which is when you're in front of a customer. Yeah, whenever I've had a important negotiations throughout my career, I've tried to just write write out a bunch of bullet points and kind of the different perspectives and you know the different elements that are that are occurring. What you know the pricing, the trade offs, areas we could both create values. Have it all written out and like think about it for for enough time that I've really got my head wrapped around everything. And then, um, especially for complex deals or deals that are aren't kind of within the standard or, or rel- normal thing that you're doing. Um, and I found that's really helpful for me and that I can, re- I'll review that right before the, the, the actual interaction, the phone call or the meeting or whatever. Definitely all very, very helpful. What, what do you think the most common mistake you see uh, salespeople make when they're trying to connect with their customers? What's, what's the thing that blocks them the most, do you think? Yeah, no, I say not being authentic, right? You know, I think it's, um, it's just making it too much about them and not about their customer, because that's what it ultimately is about, is really orienting yourself. And obviously, that's all the rage is being customer-centric from uh, whether you're developing new products like at Badger Maps, I'm sure you're, you're all about applying that empathy more towards like the way IDEO thinks about it. Okay, how do we actually walk in the shoes of our customers and building the right features and functions? But I think people not being customer centric and focusing more of like, what's the win I want to gain out of this versus actually how do I actually make my customers a champion and a rock star and be successful within their own firms? I think that's one of the big things that gets in people's way. And do you have a top tip for salespeople? Um, for connecting with customers that they maybe don't have as much in common with, or they're, they have a more difficult time seeing things from their perspective? 
I think that you can do a lot of research in advance to try to find some common connection. But if you're struggling, it's something I'll learn from Keith Ferrazzi, so author of a bunch of really great books, including Never Eat Alone, which, by the way, is an amazing book for salespeople. It's about building your network in a really meaningful way. And use, you know, flattery, something I admire about you. Gosh, and I'm really um, impressed by the career you've had to date. Oh, I saw this award or this accolade or you went to this really great school. Is trying to find something that flattery can always be really helpful. It, it sounds kind of... Um, a little bit cliche, but it really can be really impactful in terms of just admiring them for some accomplishment they've had or something that they've achieved. How to win friends and influence people, right? <laughs> yeah, he wrote the, that's what they said. Never Alone was the sequel to that book. Exactly. Oh, was it? Oh, okay. I didn't realize that. Well, not the sequel, but they said it's like the, the modern era version of that book. Okay. Okay. All right. So how do you quantify or qualify? How do you evaluate whether you're being authentic or not, um, I, how do how do you how do you judge if you're doing a good job at this? Authenticity at its core really is around it's connecting back to your personal and professional value. So, one of the exercises that we do with leaders that we coach is around creating their personal purpose statement and also their their personal leadership brand, which is really an extension of that. And I wouldn't say you can just like quantify this in terms of how you're doing. But you could definitely qualitatively assess, hey, how am I living up to a value around growth? So growth may be oriented around lifelong learning. You're constantly asking for feedback. You're developing, you're growing, you're learning new things. That could be one way you could assess that. So reflecting on, hey, are, are my behaviors oriented towards growth or am I just focused on just the transactional nature of my job or my life, right? I'm just, I'm just kind of going through the motions, but am I really growing and learning? Am I reading books? Am I asking for feedback? Am I working with a coach? Am I really digging in and leaning into my mentors? Things like that. That might be one way as an example of, of growth being one of the values that be part of um, being more authentic. You know, that, that really growth oriented leader, you know, those kinds, when you go into a meeting with them and they're constantly learning and growing, they're talking about the books that they've read. They're thinking about what they're trying to do to grow and achieve and to be that better leader or being that better person, or in your case, a better salesperson. So that's one way, just like boiling that authenticity down to a set of values and assessing what, how your actions, how your behaviors align with those values. And how do you identify what, what your values are? Those, you know, the, those five things that, that are really important to you, that if you live to live your life in kind of the, in, in a way that is in alignment with those values, then you're being authentic. How do you, how do you uh, figure out what those are or, or identify them and think about them? As a recovering marketer, I can't think about or not think about unaided and aided awareness. So I apply a similar approach to uh, values, which is kind of like almost a top-down and bottoms-up approach. So similar to the marketing reference I made, but you can, one way is like more like the Simon Sinek method, where it's like about starting with stories. You know, what's a meaningful, a transformational moment in your life? What's a big challenge that you've overcome? What are the stories that people tell about you? And extract themes and words from those things. But I also like to do it where we have this big list of about two, 250 words, where you can start with this massive list around faith, around growth, around um, integrity, around financial freedom, success, all those things. Start with those words and start with 10, narrow them down to five, ultimately down to three, but use that to compare with those stories and see how aligned they are. Because maybe the ones that you select on the list 
are more aspirational in nature. And so the stories aren't reflective of that. So maybe those are, are they true to you or are they not true to you? And so using those two different approaches to come down to three or five values that really matter, but then writing it out in a statement, like Simon Sinek says, start with why we have their why statement. We have a little bit of different approach in terms of a purpose statement, but having something that you can actually write down on paper. Um, I've had clients that even have it etched in steel or stone and put it on their wall or where they see it first thing in the morning to make sure that they're really living up to those values and to those purpose. But that's a, a quick way that we work with leaders to come down to what are the most important personal and professional values. Well, as, a, as an actionable takeaway, what should the field salespeople who are listening today do as a first step towards becoming more authentic? I think it's what we just talked about, which is really getting a sense for what are the most important values to them. And then think about, okay, how do those values connect with what I want to actually exhibit? This gets back to your point about different versions of yourself. I definitely advocate for having a single version of yourself that just has layers that you may show to different audiences, but it really starts with those values and what's most important to you. And that's going to really go a long way in terms of being authentic. Great. Well, I'm going to attempt to summarize some of the stuff we've learned today here. Um, first, don't just be the person that you think you have to be you be your best self and then work towards you work to your strengths be authentic by being aligned with your core values don't make your sales conversations about the transaction instead focus on building the relationship work on your communication with humility with curiosity with empathy and with being present. Be intentional about practicing these four elements of authenticity and then stop and reflect on how things are going to become more authentic. For example, to build curiosity, think about one thing you wanna learn from each prospect. Be authentic with customers by being customer-centric which is you know, a, a funny way to say it, but you're more authentic if you're focused on, on them and how to, how to create value for them. Do some research before each meeting uh, on the prospects that you can connect more authentically with them. Look for areas of commonality. Authenticity revolves around connecting with your personal and professional values. So be intentional when it comes to your actions in order to be more growth oriented and ultimately more authentic. This has been really cool. Uh, Darren, where, where, can, where can people learn more from you? How do they go deeper with you? How do they, uh, are, are there places that they can reach out to you? How do they get to know you better? Yeah, so first of all, the book has a lot of great information in terms of what we're thinking, coaching, training people on. So you can find the book called The Savage Leader on Amazon. And if you want to get started with this values exercise, we'll have a page on the website. So thesavageleader.com slash badger. And of course, connect on social media. Uh, my name will be in the show notes, Darren Ranke. 
Fantastic. Well, th this has been a, a great episode of the Outside Sales Talk, Darren. If you work in field sales, you'll love Badger Maps. The number one route planner helps you sell 20% more, drive 20% less. You can get a free trial at badgermapping.com today. If anyone can think of any other sales reps that would benefit from the types of stuff that Darren taught us today, definitely uh, share the love and forward this episode on to them. Take care until next time, everybody.